You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Who loves to work? That's pretty good. I wasn't expecting that. I thought there'd be a whole lot more. Nah, nah, don't have time for that. You know, for some of us, when we hear that word, we, we, we just get excited because we actually really love what we do. And maybe that was a few of us there. We hear that word and we think of like all the positive things of the friendships we might have in our workplace or the sense of fulfillment that we get when we're able to support someone or whatever it is that our work's about. On the whole, we enjoy work and we find it meaningful and life-giving. And maybe for a few of us here, a few of us hear that word and we're kind of like, man, I just want to not even think about that. Don't even talk about work. I don't want to think about it. That's, that's just depressing. It gets to Sunday night at about 9.30. I'm thinking about work tomorrow and I don't want to be thinking about it. And so I eat some more ice cream, brush my teeth and jump in bed. Yeah? You don't have to admit if that's you. You know, we think of work and we think that it's drudgery, boredom, all the unpleasant activities that we have to perform or all the hard, hard, hard people that we have to deal with. Maybe we've got a really dodgy boss. I don't know. All that we do to attain the goal of getting a weekly pay packet. And maybe for, for others of us, maybe we're retired or studying at school, university, or, or perhaps we're dads and mums who are in that really important stage of raising children out of the workforce or maybe those who are unemployed as well. We think, well, work just isn't relevant to me. That's not my season. That's just not what I'm doing right now. If we've been looking for work for a long time, if we're unemployed, this can even be a bit of a dagger hearing that word or hearing others talk about how much they like or don't like their work when we're thinking, man, I would just love to have a job, you know? There's no question that that work raises a whole lot of emotions for us, both good and bad. And so you might be thinking, why are you talking about work? Well, you might be really thinking, why are we doing this? But we're going to actually be doing a whole series on faith and work over the next bunch of weeks. And you might be thinking, well, why on all topics would you want to reflect on that? Why would you want to talk about work? Like, I'm retired. What's that got to do with me? I'm I'm in the parenting stage. I'm not in the workforce. How's that relevant to me? Well, I think it's really simple. God created all of us to work and God cares about how we go about our work as people of faith. Whether we're working in a traditional sense, in a workplace or not, work is God's idea and he wants to guide us in working well, whatever the context we're in. Paid or paid? Paid or, sorry, paid or unpaid? Our work matters to God and because it matters to God, thinking around work and how maybe we could shift our focus into our work and how we view work would actually, should matter to us as well. It actually has far more significance than we might think and ultimately it's because we spend a lot of our days working in whatever our work is. A lot of our waking hours are spent working. And it's kind of where we're actually best placed to express our faith and take hold of opportunities to advance God's kingdom in the world. So that's why we're doing it. Let's pray 
and o- as we open God's Word today. And, and um, yeah, just we'll invite Holy Spirit to come on today's message and also on the messages in the weeks ahead as we hear from others as well. So let's pray. God, we thank you that work matters. It's not just something we fill our days with. It's not just something we do to earn money so we can put food on the table. Lord, your vision for work is so much more than that. And your, your vision for work is not even limited to whether it's paid or an unpaid role. It's whatever we put our, our efforts into, you see, as being potentially of great value. Opportunities for us to reflect you. Opportunities for us to extend your kingdom, into your, your kingdom of light into dark places. Lord, to, to shine your hope and joy into situations or into people's lives who are really lacking in those things. God, work matters to you and therefore it should matter to us. So Lord, today as we reflect on work generally and then in the weeks ahead as we reflect on different seasons of work in different contexts, we pray, God, that you would speak directly to our hearts so that, Lord, we wouldn't just hear something and go, oh, that's not for me. But, Lord, we would hear things and go, how does this apply to me? What are you asking of me through this, God? How can I grow? How can I be a better, better reflect you as I go about my work, whatever it is my work is? So, God, have your way, we pray. And we just want to honour you holistically, God. And we thank you that through our waking hours, through our work time, we have great opportunities to do so. And you want to help us to do so. That's even better news. So we pray, God, that you would guide us and bless us and speak to us because, Holy Spirit, we are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll give a bit of, a, bit of a, an overview, theological overview, if you like. So way back in Genesis, we see that God instituted this thing called work. In Genesis 2.15... We read this. He says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to what it? To work it and keep it. So mankind, women and men, were given the work by God of cultivating, developing and protecting his created order. All the things that God said were good, he gave to the ones that he said was very good to look after, to care for, to nurture. Hugh Welchel, a Christian author, he says this, Work is not a curse, but a gift from God, and and be clear with this, given to us before the fall. One result of the fall, however, is that our work will at times be frustrating and difficult. Who says amen to that? I I, I say amen to that every time I'm pulling out weeds of my garden. I'm like, curse you, Adam and Eve. Why did you have to go and sin? And this is true, and this can be true for many of us in our work. Our work can, at times, whether we're parenting, whether we're retired years, whether we're in a traditional workplace context, it can be really difficult. It can be incredibly frustrating. And yet, while this is true, God actually has a heart to guide and help us, and he wants to actually redeem our work so that we can better see purpose in what we're doing with our waking hours so we can honour him through everything we do. You see, work, unlike back in Genesis, work is not limited to gardening or caring for animals in the land on God's behalf. Work is, according to scripture, 
any good work that's done wholeheartedly for the Lord. Yeah? Would you agree with that? As Paul writes in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. And if we didn't quite get it, he sums up, you are serving the Lord Christ. Let's just, let's just really sit with that thought for a moment. Work is not just what some of us do or have done in past years to earn an income, yeah? To put food on the table, to provide for children, to provide for other dependents, family members. God's, God's concept of work is far bigger than that. Work, according to God, is anything and everything that we invest our time, our energies, our resources in day to day that are opportunities to serve and honour him. Yeah? So if you're a stay-at-home parent, maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and, you know, I stay at home as a stay-at-home parent one day per week by myself and and hats off to the stay-at-home parents because it's tough going. And you're raising children, you're shepherding little hearts, trying to guide them in such a way that they'll come to know the Lord. All the while, cleaning up accidents, stopping World War III, disciplining, guiding, encouraging, shepherding, doing the school runs, making school lunches, cleaning up things that have been thrown on walls, all that sort of stuff. Hear it. That is work. That is work. And God sees that ordinary everyday life that you're currently in right now as meaningful, as incredibly valuable, and so should you. If you're retired, if you're retired and you're living in an aged care facility or perhaps you're you're retired and you're still in your family home and you're keeping active in your community, volunteering through Probus, through Hickey, serving in a local school, playing social badminton or table tennis, reaching out to people that, you, that are in your broader friendship circles that you know are not doing so well, doing it tough, inviting people into your home for, for coffee or cake or taking them out, that's work. That's work. Yeah? Good. That's work. And God sees you as you're going about doing those things, your everyday ordinary life, he sees it as meaningful, as incredibly valuable, and so should you. Can I just gently suggest that we've been sold a lie in Australia when it comes to retirement. We've been sold a big fat lie that you work hard for your 40 whatever years and you get this big nest egg and then you just sit back on a deck chair drinking pina coladas. Can I, can I encourage you, like, n- number one... Number one, there's no such thing as retirement in God's kingdom because we work till we can't breathe. We breathe our last, like literally, in a, in a joyful way, like it's not a chore. But also I think we've got to be very careful that we don't buy into what our Western world portrays as the idealised retirement. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go on a holiday, don't go on a cruise, don't sip a pina colada on a deck chair from time to time. But what I'm saying is don't lose sight of how The way those those sunset years, so to speak, can be used for God's glory. Don't lose sight for that. Don't pull up stumps and say, oh, I've done my bit. 
No, no, no. They can be some of the best years of your life. Yeah? Okay. I hope you hear that in love today. You know, the problem... Oh, yeah, sorry. And working in a traditional work role, you know, managing teams, problem solving, providing quality medical care, maintaining roads. Gee, wouldn't we love to have Ray back again? Selling spices, teaching children... Uh, solving IT issues, cultivating gardens, laying carpet, building houses, caring for the vulnerable, that is work. And as with the others, God sees you in that and he sees that your everyday ordinary life is meaningful, incredibly valuable, and so should you. And the problem is, maybe you can agree with this, so often we don't see our work as being of value. So often we don't see it as being meaningful, worthy of our full investment even. You know, looking back, I had a a friend, um, one of my good friends growing up. This was certainly how he viewed his work. He he worked part-time in a ministry capacity and the rest of the time he worked a factory job and he made it clear. You, You could see it all over him. Anytime that was even mentioned that that's where he was going or whatever, you could tell by his demeanour and the way he spoke about it that he just hated that job. He didn't enjoy it much at all. And looking back now, I just thought, as a younger Christian then, I just thought, oh, okay, you know, some of us love some jobs, some of us don't, and we're just in seasons where we might have to provide for a family and so we compromise, I get that. But looking back now, I think it's really clear that he did not have a healthy view or a healthy attitude towards what could have been a wonderful secular job with great opportunities every day to shine Jesus' light, to be a person of hope, to be a person of peace. You know, he endured this secular part-time job that God had given him and then he kind of cruised a bit and then invested all his energies in his other part-time ministry role And tragically, and I'm sure I'm not being unfairly harsh here, I'm sure he'd agree and affirm this, I think as a result of this, he missed many opportunities to advance God's kingdom and to potentially to be the difference between someone actually hearing the gospel or seeing the gospel demonstrated and not and being eternally separated from God. Yeah? Um, He certainly didn't see that part of his work as having value as providing him with opportunity to serve God faithfully. And yeah, I guess ultimately he neglected in that often to display to others just how great Jesus is. Now, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I'm under that bus too because when I was a mechanic, that was much the same way that I viewed my work. I've shared it before. When I was a, a younger Christian, younger Christian, I worked as a mechanic because I loved cars, but I just didn't really have a vision for my work as being service to God. And because of that, I think I basically just kind of cruised through. I neglected to see that the very thing that I was most invested in, the opportunities that I had in dealing with customers, in um, (laughs) conflict management, in dealing with customers, all these things, they were opportunities to actually be in service to the Lord. They were opportunities to bring bring God's kingdom into what, at least in my workshop at times, was a very <laughs> worldly kingdom um, and see lasting change there. And, you know, I guess reflecting back, much like my friend, I, I look back, I can, I can even visualise times 
opportunities that I just neglected, I let go, I missed, um, that I had, that God had given me. Like, honestly, God had given me, God had placed me there for a purpose and I missed them to share Jesus and exercise my faith. Well, perhaps you can relate to that. Perhaps you've been there. Maybe you're there even right now, enduring your work, getting through what you perceive to be the mundane, boring responsibilities that have little or no eternal value whatsoever. Well, friends, can I encourage you, if that's where we're at, when we come to our work, our lot in life, we really need to listen to the Apostle Paul. We, we desperately need to hear his words because what he says is right. Whatever we spend our time doing, we're actually serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if we're not currently, we don't have that concept currently, we can, in whatever we're doing, serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Your work, no matter what it is, no matter the money that it brings in or doesn't bring in, is of great significance to God. Work matters. Your work matters. And in everything we do, as Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, we are to work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord we will receive the inheritance as our reward because we are serving the Lord Christ. All of us are serving the Lord Christ as we live our lives and work heartily in our work. And God's heart is that our faith would influence and guide how we go about our work as empowered by Holy Spirit. He's not like expecting something of us. Just like anything, God, you know, God always empowers us for what he asks us to do. It's often just, if you're anything like me, too often we try and go it along in what God's asked us to do without relying on his spirit to do it. Yeah? But in your work, in living intentionally for Jesus every day, he will guide you and empower you and strengthen you and give you the wisdom that you need to do so well. Yeah? Okay. So that's a very quick overview of faith and work. But in short, your work matters to God. Whether you're retired, your time in your retirement, doing all the things you do matters to God. If you're in that stage of raising young children, raising them, investing in them, shepherding in them, giving up so much of your own stuff in order to sow into them, that matters to God and and he's with you in it. And if you're in a traditional work stage as well, that matters to God too. Okay, so very quick intro. Just wanted to share a few further key insights into work this morning. Why work is a good thing. And here's the first. Work is given so we won't become lazy. Fritz Sherry, she's a Christian writer. Her insights are really helpful. She says, a working Christian is a reflection of a working God who created the universe and is still at work in our lives. Believers are not to be slothful. We are to do honest work and be hardworking in all we do. You know, we open the scriptures and you see time and time again, if you've ever read the Bible before, you will, you'll, through the Old Testament and, and the book of Proverbs in particular, you'll open it up and you'll see many, many references to the dangers of laziness and encouragements after encouragements to be diligent in whatever it is that you do. Take this one from Proverbs 21, 25. It says, the desire of the sluggard, which is also the lazy person, um, kills him for his hands refuse to labor. 
or Proverbs 13.4. It's pretty pretty straight warning with a beautiful promise for those who are diligent. It says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Isn't that true? While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. You know, laziness, God says, will kill us. And when we say kill us, we're speaking metaphorically, of course. But I guess ultimately, if we're too lazy and we don't move too much, we might our body might catch up with us and we might die of natural causes. But it's talking more so about robbing us of joy, robbing us of vision, of purpose, of fulfillment, all the blessings that our souls are designed to enjoy in Christ while diligent in whatever work we are engaged in. Yeah? Because if we're diligent, God's blessing will overflow in our souls. Our souls will be richly supplied. We'll have that sense of satisfaction. We'll have that sense of of vision for why we're getting out of bed at 4.30 in the morning. Why am I doing this? Oh, that's right. Because I have an opportunity today to serve the Lord. Yeah? Scott Hubbard, he's the editor at Desiring God, says this about laziness. He says, Laziness is not so lethal today, at least not in many places, but the wise know that even if the desire of the sluggard does not take his life, it takes almost everything else. It takes the joy of a good day's sweat. It takes the peace of relationships carefully kept. It takes the reward of talents well stewarded. The sluggard may enjoy an easier existence for a few days or for a few minutes, but then every part of life becomes more painful. Mm. I think that's never a truer statement. Work is God's idea given for our good and also for the good of others. Okay, so that's the first. Work is given that we won't become lazy. And this is the second. Work enables us to be generous. You know, there's, it's really true today. It's very easy for us to get so caught up in the pursuit of wealth, ultimately. I'm talking about possessions and stuff as well, not just a nest egg, that we fail to be generous with what we have. We get so consumed with like, oh, I need to do this and then I need to salary sacrifice that or I, you know, that we neglect to be generous with what we have. 1 Timothy, a passage really challenged me when I read it and maybe this will challenge you as you hear it too. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19 says this, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do what? To do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus, what's the effect of this living? We're storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to be ready to share what we've been blessed with. Not storing up all the treasures of this earth that, Ray, don't you know, moths and water can get in and rust can steal and destroy. That's right. As, as beautiful as classic cars are, you can't take them to heaven. But store... <laughs> 
but storing up treasures in heaven, taking hold of that which is truly life. And friends, this is Christian living, isn't it? This is Christian living. And while it is, it's also a genuine challenge for all of us who are in that season where we're earning money from our work or even we're retired and we did very well from those seasons of earning money and we are now got a relatively large amount of wealth. That can be a real challenge for us. What are we going to do with these resources that God has blessed us with? Because ultimately, that's what it is, isn't it? You might think, oh, well, I planned and I worked hard and I worked long days and I accumulated all this wealth. Well, yeah, you did, but by God's sovereign will for you, he allowed that to happen. It's not because, it's not all, not all on you. It's a good one to remember, isn't it? It's not all on me. What is it? The man makes plans, but the Lord makes straight his paths. Like, you know, we can plan for anything, but there's no guarantee that that will happen. It's only by the grace of God that things do. Um, you know, we can choose. We can choose to keep it all for ourselves or we can choose to be generous with what we have and grow as people, as the writer of Hebrews says, who do not neglect to do good, but share what they have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, let's just not think for a moment that generosity is limited to finances. Too often we, we, we make that limitation, don't we? You can be unemployed and be the most generous person on earth. You can be retired in an aged care facility, your body weakening with age and complications and still be the most generous person going around. Yeah? For all of us working in different capacities, different seasons, what have we done over the years? We've developed certain skill sets. We've got certain spiritual gifts. We've got certain abilities, skills. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking Napoleon Dynamite. Has anyone seen that? <laughs> girls, girls dig guys with skills. Um, anyway, no, I'm distracted this morning. But these tools that, these tools that we've developed, they're incredibly valuable. They're, they can be shared with others to, to bless and encourage them, can't they? Whatever resources we've been blessed with, certain skills, certain giftings or skills and giftings and finances, it doesn't matter. God just calls us to be people who are radically generous with whatever we've been blessed with, yeah? And I think, personally, I think that, you know, when we're not necessarily caught up in the nine to five of the work season, we've got great opportunities to put some of the skills that we've developed in those seasons into practice in blessing others and extending God's kingdom, yeah? Okay, so our work enables us to be generous, and here's the next one. Work and rest go hand in hand. Isn't this good? Back in Genesis 2, 2 to 3, not only do we see that that God instituted work, but he also instituted a wonderful, beautiful thing called rest. Isn't that good? The Sabbath. God instituted and he demonstrated a, a rhythm of working diligently for six days and then setting aside one day per week to pause to, to, and rest. And who knows that rest is always so much sweeter when we've actually worked hard in our work. Yeah? Absolutely. When, you know, your work is, is parenting and, and you sink into that couch at the end of the night after washing dishes, putting the kids to bed, making the school lunches, folding the washings, maybe making a cup of tea or g and whatever you're into, and you're overwhelmingly exhausted, 
but you feel deeply or even somewhat satisfied. You have that sense that this day was lived or these moments in the day, they were lived well. That was lived well. You feel like on the whole, the day was well lived, that you lived purposefully for Jesus. Because here's the thing, friends, you know, when we, when we work hard in our work, rest is always so much sweeter. When we, when we give of ourselves and we go that extra mile and choose to, to lay down our own lives for the sake of others, when we do that, that's when our rest is so much sweeter. When we live our normal everyday lives with the aim of serving and honouring Jesus, we'll always, or more often than not, be able to rest easy. See, God created us to work hard, yes, but he also created us to rest easy, rest in him. And God-honouring work and God-honouring rest go hand in hand because the same God who calls us to work diligently also calls us to come to him and rest deeply. You know, Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Work and rest go hand in hand. So that's the third. And here's the final point to share for today. Work is a taste of what's to come. Revelation 14, verse 13 says that heaven is a place where we'll rest from our labors. Everyone say hallelujah. That's right. And it's true. It is true. We will rest from the labor we've known, but we will not rest from all labor. Let me explain, or I'll quote Andy Mills from the Theology Work Project. He says this. He says, work is part of God's big picture. God created all things and he has revealed that in his sovereignty, he is progressing created order through a process of creation, fall and redemption. God's created order started with a perfect garden, the Garden of Eden, and it will be consummated in the perfect city in the New Jerusalem. And in the New Jerusalem, in this perfect city, we will rest from the labor that we've known on earth. If you've been a nurse throughout your working life or in your later working years, you will rest from nursing, yeah? If, it doesn't matter what you've been. doesn't matter the, the status of work that you've held. There'll be a great equaling again in the, the kingdoms of heavens and the work that you've done will be no more. And yet, what's important to realize is our work won't be done. We'll still have new work to do. As Revelation 22 verse 3 says, In heaven no longer will there be anything accursed, praise God, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And what will we do? What will those who are faithful to Jesus in this life do? We will worship Him. Our work in heaven will be to praise and worship our Saviour. As Randy Alcorn says in his book Heaven, He says, this will be work that will be satisfying and enriching work that we can't wait to get back to, work that will never be drudgery. Hallelujah. Worshipping and serving God. Worshipping and serving God corporately together on a Sunday is something, isn't it? There's just something about it. Getting uplifted and encouraged as we see other people singing, as we hear other people pray, as we hear scriptures read. That is super encouraging. But can you imagine the multitudes in the heavens, all with the one gig of 
worshipping and giving glory to God continually. Like that is going to be something. So if we place our faith in Jesus in this life, it's really clear. Our work one day will be to wait on the Lord in a perfect environment, free of sickness, free of back and neck pain, doing his will and worshipping him for all eternity. Isn't that an incredible vision to have before us? A, an incredible carrot, if you like, to, to take the Apostle Paul's advice as led and empowered by the Spirit to work heartily in this life as to the Lord because that's the prize that we get one day. But here's the thing, friends, and until we get to that day, until we get to our heavenly work, God's got work here for us to do and give ourselves wholeheartedly to. And whatever this work is that we do, this side of eternity, God's heart is that we would do it in such a way that we would worship him here on earth. It'll look different. It won't be a multitude of people and angels and and just unfathomable light from all the purity and the light of Christ and being in God's very presence. But God's desire is that we'd worship him on earth, bring him honour and point in other people to him as we partner with the Spirit and allow him to guide us in working well with purpose. So in our, in our, over the next few weeks, we'll be hearing from a range of different people in our community who are in all different kinds of seasons of work. We'll, we'll hear from some people who are working in what you'd call a traditional work role in workplaces. We're going to hear from stay-at-home parents who are working hard raising and discipling children. And we're going to also hear from retirees who continue to work, albeit differently from the work that they knew through their, their workplace years, all doing it for God's glory. And through this series, and I, I think I kind of prayed it at the start, but through this series, we're really praying that God will encourage each of us as, we, as Holy Spirit moves in our heart through his word and even just through hearing the power of testimony, because who knows, hearing about how someone else conceptualises their place of faith in their workplace and how they do that or how they handle a certain situation. Who knows that's really encouraging? Who knows sometimes hearing scriptures read is one level, but then hearing someone say, well, this is kind of how that's worked out for me. It kind of takes that to that next level. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be hearing that. And our heart in this is that all of us would come to a place where we're able, with God's help, to wholeheartedly, with joy, live purposefully for Jesus every day. To not see, not see oh, well, I'll, I'll wait until a Sunday to serve the Lord. No, 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 no. To see every waking hour, every moment of every day as an opportunity, as led by the Spirit, to be used by Him to extend His kingdom, to, to honour and worship the King. Yeah? That's our heart. And when we do this, when we all play our role in God's family in doing this, what we're doing is we're actually furthering his kingdom on earth. We're actually seeing what in many parts of our society, in many of our workplaces, in many aged care facilities, in many, you know, um, subsets of family life groups, you know, there's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of darkness out there. But what we're seeing as we join in this is that we're going to see darkness overtaken by light. We're going to see the gospel shared and spread 
and demonstrated far and wide. And I know that as we see that, God is going to move as only God can. And maybe this will be even how God will move in the lives and hearts of some of those people that you really want to see. One, for, for God's family. People that you've been reaching out to for a long time. Perhaps even through reflecting on some of these things, it might be the very catalyst to see change and growth in someone you've been waiting for for a long time. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to hearing and learning from other people. And why don't we just dedicate ourselves. I want to pray for us as we go about our work this week, whatever that work is, but also that God will bless us and bless our journey together as we reflect on how we can all live purposefully for Jesus in our everyday lives. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a God who cares about us holistically. We see that even reflecting earlier as as Peter shared around, you know, the, the nature of sin and how it separates us. And let yes, Lord, you were so concerned for us that, that you came yourself. You came yourself to die in our place, to pay the price that none of us could pay once and for all, to wash us completely clean, to restore us completely. And God, in a, in a parallel way, when, when we are your people, God, you care about every aspect of our lives. There's not one little thing that's on our hearts. There's not one little thing that we spend time in during our days that you don't care about. You care about us holistically. And so, Lord, we pray that as we go about this week, whether we're in a, in a workplace, whether we're in our retired years, whether we're raising children, whatever it is, God, would you go before us, Holy Spirit? Would you go before us? Would we be aware of how you are moving, how you are guiding, how you are calling us to follow you? And Lord, would you give us the strength and the courage to make the most of everyday opportunities? Because Lord, we know how, how, how you tend to work in really simple ways in people's lives too, whether it's just a, an act of kindness or a refusal to compromise on a matter of integrity or things like that. You use all things in our day-to-day to draw people to yourself and to show people a better way. And so, God, I pray that as we go about our weeks in the work that we have in these seasons, Lord, we pray that you would go before us and you would guide us and you would strengthen us and you would give us a heart. You would even help us to shift our thinking about what it is we're doing so that we can better understand that you see that it's of great value and so should we. So would you do that, God? And Lord, we pray for our series as we, as we reflect on, on different key stages of life in work. We pray, God, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to have teachable spirits so we could learn from one another. And then, Lord, we pray ultimately that there would be great kingdom fruit come about as we reflect on these things, as we apply these things to our own context, our own work life. And then, Lord, as we continue to to trust in you to bring breakthrough, we pray, God, that there would be great kingdom fruit and we would see people one to your kingdom. We would see the lost become found, Lord, and we would see darkness flee as your light goes out ever more into the world around it, bringing hope and life and peace and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. So we thank you for this, God. We bless this season. We dedicate it to you. 
and we um, this series to you, Lord, and we invite you to have your way in each and every one of us today, this week, and in the weeks ahead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.